Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, AudioMac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. Hope everybody's doing well, keeping it real. Don't forget to think before you love, people. You better think before you love, because let me tell you something. We had a demon that walked into our house last night, and I said, excuse me, sir, you look kind of funny with them beady eyes and them pointed ears and them fang teeth. I said, is you a demon? He said, what if I is? We're going to take care of that next weekend, sir. We're going to have prayer meeting and revival right there in the living room. We're going to get rid of that demon. Well, folks, I hope everything's going well. Here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to address a few things. And one of them has to do with uh, some of you parents. I'm talking about not you... Um, People that are 33, 44. I'm talking more of you 45 and up parents. You got grown-ass kids now. Some of you down from 35 to 44 have grown kids, but I'm going to stick where the demographics tell me where things are. 45 and up. Now, here's the thing that I want you to understand, folks. Some of you want your kid to have the great start like you did. I get it. You want the kid to get into their first house, leave mama's and daddy's house, and get into another house. I get it. That's what you had back in the day. However, things have changed, and you need to make an adjustment. You no longer are responsible for that. Your parents might have had a different take on things. So a lot of you are going to be baby boomers, some Gen Xers. You're dealing with your parents from the silent generation, some from the great generation, generation before that. Now what that means then is that you want to roll the clock back kind of nostalgically. It's difficult for some. And the reason why I say this in particular is because there are some parents that are actually feeling guilty that they can't help their kids get a new house. And they would always come back with, you know, well, when I was, you know, so-and-so, I, I was able to get out, but it was different then. Homes were about the same price as a low-end RV or even a low-end automobile now. Your car was more than likely less than $15,000 back then, if that much. 
Hell, I remember the Cadillac Seville back in 1976 going for something like $13,000, and that was considered to have a lot of money. $13,000 had that whistling grill in the front. When you drive down the street, it would whistle. Now, here's the thing. Some of you are going into your 401k. Some of you are lending them the money down. Some of you are lending them the whole amount or outright buying the house. It's up to you. It's uh, your choice. Now, indemnification for some of you will be maybe a life insurance policy just in case something happens. Uh, it could very well be that this person is expected to pay you back. You, uh, you guys dictate the terms. Now, here's some good things. Being that you're dealing with another person, such as family, they already know you. You don't have to qualify for a lot of things. And not only that, being that your parents are going to be the benefactors, they're going to have a lot of say, more than likely, and some things associated with uh, your life. Like staying your ass on the job and not quitting because you pissed off at your boss. You owe us money for this mortgage that we paid for you. Now, a lot of times they're gonna buy a condo or something like that just to get the kids started. Now, you'll find more fathers wanting to do this with their daughters, get them set up. And again, I told you about that jealousy streak that some mothers have. They're sitting there saying, this little heifer's getting all these nice, wonderful things. Things that I had to work and bust my ass for so that he could give away to her. Oh, you'll have that envy between mothers and certain daughters. Now, here's the other aspect of this stuff. Some of you are okay with your kids being at home. You love them at home. You want them at home. And it works out well for some of you because they can help take care of you now. You're starting your bones started stepping up, not as active as you used to be, that kind of thing. Some of you are partnering up with your kids so you can go and hit the gym together and do a lot of other things as far as exercise. And some of you are actually getting to know your kids for the first time as adults since they've come back home. Because there's a lot of things that had to go here. You had to cheer them up so they didn't feel like failures because whatever happened with COVID, losing their jobs or whatever, they had to come back home. You had to kind of shield them from that and tell them it's okay. And then you may have to reassure them that you're, they're not encroaching on you and your partner, or you and their mother, or their father. But here's the thing. Parents will make sacrifices because they're used to making sacrifices. However, when you have individuals that are looking at it only from their perspective, you coming back home is more of a liability than an asset to that person. Now, some people will go and charge rent to their kids, put the money away in some sort of fund, and give it to them as a gift. 
I tell you guys all the time, if you're having kids now, you might want to go look at setting up some sort of uh, tax deferred fund or tax exempt fund that are available through one of your um, personal finance officers so that you could go and put money in this kid's future to go to college if you're not planning on working for a college or a university where your kid can go to school. They've cut out some of the legacy programs. Legacy programs for the Ivy League schools was that, oh, your father attended here, so, you know, yeah, we'll give you the wink and you're in. You don't have to worry about that so much in not-so-Ivy League schools. You can go to a regular school and get a great education. It all depends on how you apply yourself. A University of Phoenix or any other school, no matter what the school is, is how you apply yourself to what you learn and how you use what you learn. It's not where you get it. It's where you go with it. Now, that's it. And many times she doesn't even have to do that because she's so gullible, she'll take anything he throws at her. More in a moment, folks. All right, folks. Um, Johnson, of course, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas, but we got to talk about something here. Ladies, um, some of you have written in about how you've been ridiculed for talking about sex with some of your girlfriends. Um, talking about things such as, well, you know, I would never talk to a guy on a first date about sex. Ladies, don't limit yourselves. Be yourselves. This whole modesty about sex this shit has more to do with the ugly people that couldn't get pussy in the first place. All right, let's put it where it is. Go get you some dick, ladies, and be done with it without the guilt. There's nothing wrong with it. Okay, we get it as men. You don't want the full-blown relationship. You don't want the overhead and all the bullshit that goes with it. You just want to go out, get some dick, go back home, and, and go to sleep. I don't see anything wrong with it. I would rather deal with a whore than a prude any day. Because at least I know the whore is about what she's about. The prude is more or less trying to implement something she's not about. That she's about. And I don't say that to be outlandish. I'm just being honest. I've dated prudish women before. It was a waste of time, waste of effort. The relationship progressed entirely too slow until it got so slow until I got bored. 
I remember I was with one lady one time and we were thinking about going out on a date. I actually felt more comfortable taking the shit that night and postponing the date altogether. I gotta be honest with you because it was just gonna be that boring. A shit was more entertaining than going out on a date with this lady. And I hate to say it, but it's true. Because the only thing we're going to talk about was the, their migration habit of the monarch butterfly. We'll probably talk about whales and deep sea fishes. But we couldn't talk about anything related to a relationship. We couldn't talk about being together. We couldn't talk about intimacy. She didn't want to hold hands. She didn't want to kiss. Time for that shit. I'm like, uh, you need to go and hook up with one of these damn kids that went to a private school where there were no girls. But see, that's the problem I had because you'd run into women like that, and that would be problematic. That would just waste time. And it was no fun whatsoever. Did not enjoy it. Another thing too, fellas. That woman, as I told you before, that put you in the friend zone. And she might put you there. And then as she's putting you there, she might fuck you in the process. Now understand one thing. When she has sex with you and say that you're friends, she's initiating a friends with benefits situation. Because what she's going to do is establish the boundaries. Now, if your dick is real good to her, she's going to ask for exclusivity. But don't forget, she's also looking for someone else that's not you to be her real man. Because she still got that delusion and that fantasy in her head of Prince Charming. You know the guy with the three sixes they always talk about? He's got to have six figures, got to be six feet tall, and he's got to have at least a six-inch dick. That guy. A lot of women are looking for him. And more than likely, he's not looking for her. And as you know, fellas... Women lie about the numbers, don't they? They lie about their weight. They may lie about their height. They lie about their age. Sometimes the number of kids they have. And lastly, how many men they slept with. That number is usually below five. Even though statistically, most people sleep with at least seven sexual partners in their lifetime. So they're going to try to curtail that number. Now, a lot of guys will try to play it off like they don't sleep with that many women or haven't been with that many women. I used to do that bullshit. Uh, no, you know, I don't, I, I'm not with that many women. But here's the thing. 
by some standards, I wasn't with a lot of women, but by other standards, I was. But here is the thing. I enjoyed the moments. Now, would I fuck anybody, anything? No. Mm -mm. I had my standards. And they were very well enforced. There were some people that were not going to wind up with me. No matter what. Someone would blame it or qualify it on everything. Oh, it's my height. It's my race. It's because I have short hair. It's because I'm not a so-and-so girl. It's because I'm not this type of girl. No. I saw something specifically in you. Not all the women in your race or group, but in your ass that I found reprehensible. So I'm not sleeping with some women are like that with you. They'll find it. You think it's all the other dude? No, it's you. And fellas, let me tell you something else. If you see a brother with a woman of a different race, don't think you have creative license to walk over there because you're seeing that she wrote the, broke the racial barrier and that she's in the brothers and now all of a sudden you're going to take your sorry ass over there and try to make good. You're going to get your feelings hurt with some of these women. Because Monica used to tell them straight up. I'm into him, not because he's black, because he's who he is. I'm not into black men. And that's what they couldn't understand. Because it's like, how can you be contradicted? He's black, but you're not. You're saying you're not into black men, but you're with him. She was talking about the character of the person, not the package. So, don't do that. If anything, what could happen is that woman could probably introduce you to one of her girlfriends or a friend. So don't fuck that up trying to go for the juggler. Just to help you out, because some of you do that shit. Now, ladies, let me tell you something else. Those of you who walk upon a guy that's dating a woman of a different race, especially your sisters, don't say shit. He didn't want you in the first place. That's the reason why he's not with you. Not because you're black. It's because of the fact that he's had enough of running into women that had that same attitude of entitlement. He's tired of that shit. When I see a black woman with a white man, I don't say shit but clap my hands. I hope you guys are happy. Or with any other race of man. As long as she's happy, I'm happy. She's not my property. What am I supposed to do? Gal, get your ass over here. Fuck out of here with that shit. So... Let's look at a couple of other things. Some of you have complained about the dating sites. Let me tell you what's going to dictate how a dating site performs in your region or your dating app or any kind of other um, venue, whether it's a 
one of these uh, matchmakers or whatever is based on the culture of the environment in which you're in, the environment itself. That includes the values, morals, standards, boundaries, everything. Now, being that Vegas is very diverse, you really don't need a matchmaker in Vegas. You really don't. Because there's a lot of people here in town. And once you start frequenting frequencing certain places, you kind of get a feel for what's out there. Now, I've always said matchmakers are made for losers. For the people that have no game. And it's okay if you want to spend your money for somebody to find somebody for you. Someone that they chose for you. But here's the thing I would say. For those of you who can go out and fend for yourself, which is the majority of you, the thing I want you to understand is that these dating sites are going to kind of have the same feel. They'll have a different appeal, different focus, but you will have the same people from the same swath of geography. So here in Vegas, you're going to have a lot of people scrounging for money because Vegas doesn't pay a lot of money here. Let's just be honest. In many of these jobs, they don't get that much money. $15 an hour, $16 an hour is an ass-kicking job here in Vegas. All right? Now, a lot of people come here from places back east where the prevailing wage was $8, $9 an hour. So they were like, oh, well, this will come up. I'm doubling it. Boom. Now, certain characteristics about Vegas that you're going to get. You're going to have a small number of people who are from Vegas here, or are literally from Vegas. You're going to have others that are transplants. They came from other places. Now, you're going to also have this back and forth between California and Nevada. For some reason, that has never been uh, a good thing, but people still do it, you know. So you run across that crowd of people. The other thing about dating in Vegas and these dating apps, you're going to find many of the same people signed up on multiple apps. So the girl you blocked on OkCupid may show up on Bumble. You may block her ass on Bumble, you'll see her again on Hinge. That's not uncommon. Now, you have a lot of party girls here that have not have not really realized that the party's been over for many of them. If you're 40 years old plus, and you're still out there on the strip trying to be a party girl, yeah. Don't expect to be taken seriously for a relationship. You go out, you have drinks, you fuck, and that's about it. And guys, let me tell you something about the Vegas party girls. A lot of these girls, they want to lead you on as long as they can 
and try not to sleep with you, but try to get you to spend as much money as you can. When you start getting serious about them, they're going to go on to the next guy. Because, see, the goal for them is to get as much out of you as possible without sleeping with you. For many of them. So, be mindful of that. Now, you're going to also have people that are in a messed up relationship. You see that a lot. I remember my friend used to call it the land of poor life choices. That's what they would call Vegas. Well, here's the thing. It's got a lot of merit, got a lot of good things about it. It's a hospitality-oriented community because of the strip, of course. I would strongly advise you, if you're dating someone in this town, not to get with someone that's strip-obsessive. In other words, they got to go to the strip for everything. Especially if they are someone who has come here from another place. Now, we don't mind tourists supporting the strip and that kind of thing, but if you're thinking about dating somebody and you are moving to Vegas, that shit's going to get old very quickly. Oh, it's going to be pretty nice in the beginning, but then it's going to start to wear on you. So you want to really um, look at that closely. Gambling addictions, you name the addiction, Vegas has it, so you got to be careful. But what I'm telling you is this, no matter what dating app you use, a dating site you use, you're going to still have the same caliber of person. It depends on region. Like you can go to another region in this country. It'd be totally different because they don't have gambling as the main focus or entertainment. So it may be something else that's the focus. And so that's what you have to look at. But as far as one dating app being better than the other, they're usually all about the same. I need to talk about my roommate for a second because I live with a 65-year-old man that I met off of Craigslist, okay? Why? Because when I was getting out of the Navy last year, I had nowhere to go. So I hopped on Craigslist, found this place for $700 a month. It was nice. I moved in, whatever. I have a camera in my room to make sure he doesn't come in and he has never come in in the fucking like eight months that I've lived here. Now, Steve might be old, but he's young at heart. Like, I never knew it was normal to just come home and grab a beer, bro. But this man, he, oh, let me, let me grab a beer and then we can talk real quick. Now, before you get any ideas, no, this is nothing except roommates. Steve was going out with one of our neighbors. She was 37 and she ended up breaking into our house and attacking me and I had to get a restraining order on her and me and him just fucking clowned her. I'm gonna be on fucking TV because of it. He literally discounted my rent by 50% for my birthday. So I only paid half of my rent in June. And Steve will tell me something and then forget and then tell me again. And that's so funny because New Year's, I had a guy over and he was like, you need to get this man out of my house because he didn't know me that well yet. Well, I've been consistently fucking this dude since then. 
And Steve met him with zero knowledge that this was the man that he threatened to call the cops on. I later told him that this was the guy who was like, I don't even remember kicking him out. Because he was so fucking drunk. Steve is like the youngest old dude I've ever met in my entire life. Which is scary. When I first moved here, I didn't have a vehicle. So he would drive me to Target to get work uniform clothing. And he would just randomly, I'd look over and he's just fucking carrying a cheetah print thong and wearing a fedora. Now don't come at him for his big ass forehead. That was in point five. But he literally took me to Earthbound in the mall so I could go shopping. So I could go shopping. And he tried on stuff with me. Like these sunglasses. Like, look at this. Steve is... I love Steve. Steve is great. I wish everybody could have a Steve in their life. Now, fellas, this can go in many different directions. But let me tell you a couple of things that she has at her advantage. I don't know this lady from a can of paint in Tennessee on a windy day. I don't know this man from a piece of beef jerky in Texas during high noon. I'm just telling. Well, here's what I am saying. This lady knows what her options are. She knows that if worse comes to worse, the only thing she has to do is sleep with that man one time and Steve's world will change. Now, a lot of women will go and use this platonic relationship as a means to get what they want, a means to get to where they want to be. Don't be fooled by this, fellas, because I'm going to tell you from personal experience only. It's a variable with the woman. I have fucked a many platonic women friends. So that's not, it's not like written in stone that it's going to be platonic, no sex. They have these, see, here's the difference. Women usually reject men on physical appearance first. And guess what? A lot of them have second thoughts after they've gotten a chance to know you. And so they have that review time. And then they start to realize, damn, you know. But what you do is you let them stew in it. You don't go and just when they try to make the advance, you don't go and no, you take your time. Now, here's the thing with Steve. She knows she can just give Steve a piece of pussy and anything she needs, if she wants to be taken care of for the rest of her life with Steve, he'll do it. She knows that. But she's not going that route yet. She's gonna keep that where it's still valuable. And here's where a lot of women sometimes <laughs> perch themselves. You see, the allure, the possibility of having sex with a woman, the sizzle but not the steak is what a lot of women value the most because they can use it in a way to manipulate people the most. 
Because, see, she feels as though a lot of times if she gives you sex, she's kind of lost out. Because she couldn't leverage the possibility of sex over giving you sex. See, the value for women is the possibility of having sex with them, not the actual act of having sex with them. Because they look at that many times as a vulnerability and a weakness. You want them to try to empower themselves? What happens, fellas, when she tells you, when you first started chatting with her, and she tells you that uh, we're not talking about sex? She's taking away the power from you. She's like, no, I'm going to take your dick and put it on my armpit right now. We're going to talk about something else totally. That's what she's done with that move. But see, when she loses that vantage point of leveraging sex against anything else, because she's already had it with you, then it comes down to her having to look at some other means in order to leverage. Because the way it used to go was the woman would leverage sex against the guy until he married her. After they got married, then she leveraged the threat of leaving him. Because there always had to be a point of defense for her. Now, I want you to think about a few things for a minute with this. He used her in an indirect way. And she used him in an indirect way. He used her in the sense that that 30-something-year-old woman that he was sleeping with has now been dumped. And the assumption is that he is with this uh, younger woman here. Now, this, of course, made the older woman jealous. Now, the only thing I didn't like about this was the way she uh, kind of snickered about how she brought this guy in New Year's, fucked him, and then Steve called the police and had the guy removed and went back over there. She brings the guy back over and she's fucking him again. So what that tells you right there, folks, is that her intentions, if I were Steve, I wouldn't trust her as far as I could throw her. What I would do is hit her for some pussy, she'd have been out. She would have never been a roommate of mine. That, that's just me. Because what I saw with this was manipulation at its finest. Now, said, oh yeah, he was drunk. He could have had dementia. You don't know. But here's the thing. And this is not to point fingers at her to make her a bad guy or anything. I'm just pointing some things out. It seems as though she would have respected him, even though he might not have, he might have been drunk or whatever. To say, okay, well, if he called the cops for this guy to not be at the house, this person's not going to be at the house again. But she's like, well, fuck him and his idea. I'm just going to bring him in, and this guy is still going to be the one blowing my back out. See, this could lead to some serial killer shit. <laughs> because something that someone that was that crafty and that sneaky 
he's taking a risk. Now he gave her half a half of um, rent off for the month of her birthday, which was nice. And I know some of you fellas out there already thinking. Y'all thinking already, y'all thinking she lying. She gave us a mask. Now she might have. But I kind of, women don't big up men like that unless they did something monumental for them. And it could very well be that this is platonic altogether and everything she says is true. But I'm just saying, fellas, the art of manipulation. You have to watch yourselves. These women that are calling themselves platonic friends, that are trying to wedge themselves close to you in your lives, you better have a purpose for them. Because they will fuck up other women coming in your lives, especially if this platonic friend is trying to get next to you and trying to fill you out before she comes in and makes the great reveal. Now, what's really fucked up is if you've already passed on her and she's still coming back and she just wants to be your friend. Because see, usually with men, it's the women that they've rejected that wanted to be their platonic friends. It's not the attractive woman that they went for that they got rejected by that wants to be their friends. Now, in some cases, there may be. And the only reason why that's the case is because she has an interest in him and she wants to take her time and examine him a little bit before she actually makes a move on him. The only problem with that is that the women think they, st think they still have the same appeal when they turn him down that they would when the guy would be kind of interested in her with her making an appeal to him. And that's a risky uh, bet right there because a lot of times it's not the case. Now, the other thing too, when it comes down to the type, I'll tell you what, let's take a break and we'll go in just a moment. My name is Ginger and I live in Pueblo, Colorado and I love romantic truth. All right, second date story time. Buckle up, grab your popcorn and your favorite drink. It's a doozy. So I went out on Friday with this guy and texted my bestie as soon as I got home. Oh my gosh, he's perfect. He checks all the boxes. This is fantastic. I felt really excited. And during our first date, we made plans to see each other on Sunday. No big deal, no red flags, everything is super perfect. Um, I felt so at ease with him, I was excited to see him again. And then came the second date. No red flags up until this point, so we decided to walk around a small town USA, won't say where, won't say who, with. But anyways, we are about 30 minutes into walking around this cute little town and we're on a bridge to go kind of over a river. And he's stopping, kind of telling me the locations. It seems really nice, seems like a nice Sunday out. There are lots of family around. And then I notice something. There's a girl about 12 feet in front of us who keeps looking back. And then finally, she stops. Not only does she stop, but she kind of puts her hands kind of like over her chest. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? Like, is everything okay? 
Anyway, so we're continuing to walk. He seems fine. He doesn't seem like he's noticing anything out of the ordinary. Cause you know, like when somebody like notices, like kind of like stiffen up, wasn't reading or feeling any of that weird body language. So she starts turning around and walks again. And then she stops and we're still walking. And then we walk past her. And we start actually going down the stairs because we finally pass the river. And I hear shouting from behind us. And it sounds like a woman kind of frantically yelling, right? Like, no big deal. Maybe somebody dropped something. I'm looking behind. He's looking behind. He stops for a moment. I'm like, what the hell is she yelling at us? I really wasn't making out what was going on because I was trying to figure out what was what was going on. Did somebody drop something? Did she Was she yelling at a kid? Like, she was frantic sounding. And then I hear an, oh no, just keep walking. Yep just keep walking but it goes on and it gets absolutely exponentially better so then we are walking and he's explaining that he this was a girl that he was seeing about a month and a half ago and that you know there were some things in that relationship that weren't really healthy and I kind of laughed at the situation. I wasn't laughing at her because literally this is shit that you read about on the internet or you see on TikTok and you never experience yourself. So I just can kind of continue to laugh, but I kind of started to feel uneasy once I started to really process what was going on. But wait, there's more. So about an hour and some change later, we run into her again. Same scenario. We are walking up a street and who is in front of us? The girl. And same situation. But this time, not only does she stop, she goes into that same position, that very standoffish position, and she stands there. And we just keep walking. I look at the guy and I'm just like, listen, why don't you go and talk to her? I'm going to wait back here. Just go, just, just take care of your business because I wanted to give him some dignity. I didn't want to be confronted by this chick though. In hindsight, I kind of wish I would have because I would have loved to have gotten the tea on what actually happened. So most of my friends are telling me to run away, get the hell away. And he's a good morning texter, and it's currently 12, not 11, 10, 26, and I haven't gotten a good morning text. I think I'm okay with that. I'm starting to really process what happened yesterday. Second date. Yeah. Crazy ex-girlfriend comes out of nowhere, and that was my second date. Really nice guy but I'm not sure what to do. Now, guys, I want you to understand one thing. This woman is not a bad-looking woman. The problem with a woman like this is that she finds a guy that she really likes she will put up with more of his shit and she will rationalize and she will give him second chances. I want you to think about what she told him. She told him, why don't you go and reconcile the situation from your past with this woman? And she was actually game to be with him. 
Now here's what I think has happened to this lady. And that is, I think what happened is something that happened to me a while back. And I told you about the lover's bet. For those of you who don't know, a lady had run an ad years ago talking about she was single, she was a nurse. And she and I wound up talking. Now, she told me she was single. I believe that she had a nice place, doing pretty well for herself. Nice car, nice everything. Other than that, and she invited me over for dinner. So I go over to dinner, and she greets me with the see-through lingerie, and she's sitting in my lap feeding me, and I mean, I just knew something was going to happen at night. She had the candlelight, all the food and everything there. And this guy walks in. At first, I heard the key in the door. This guy walks in, and he's carrying his duffel bag, and he's got glasses on. I'm praying to God that this guy is maybe her brother, her son, but he was a little too old to be her son. So, he goes upstairs, and then she goes upstairs behind him. They both come down in Adidas sweatsuits. to the house. Now, I got the meal, the wine, and all this in front of me, and she says, uh, lock up when you finish. No, thank you. I got my ass up and left one day now. Now, here is the interesting thing. I find out later, after leaving, this woman was married still. That was her husband that came in. And they had a lover's bet. And the bet was because apparently she didn't think that she was getting what she wanted from her husband. That she still could catch a man. And they betted $100. And where they were going was to the ATM machine so he could pay her. And she told me, oh no, you could have finished the meal. You could have gone and finished your meal. And I was sitting there, no thank you. Now in a case like this, as an example, this man could still be sleeping with this woman that was walking around them. And you gotta ask yourself, first question I would ask is, she know to be here he's probably living with this woman probably still schooling her but what is this lady doing she's giving this man all the second chances in the world second date second chances and fellas this is what I'm saying this is how a lot of women fuck themselves up and don't realize it and then what happens they raise those standards because now she's pursuing something that she wants. Now, what do we understand about most women fellas? If a guy that she wasn't interested in, and she went on a date with him, pulled some shit like this, it would be over the first time the woman even turned around. This is what I talk about when I talk about getting behind the velvet rope. 
some women will give men the benefit of the doubt. And then some. Because she's not a bad looking woman at all. But the problem is, is that when a woman is fixated on someone, they don't care how bad the guy is. They don't care what the guy is dealing with. You see, women always talk about how men don't care about women. They'll fuck any kind of woman. Well, also remember, women that are in love will love any kind of man, too. Whether he's good for her or not. Whether he's working or not. You see, one thing that you have to realize, guys, a lot of those things that they put up for you, those guidelines and those rules, those are for people they don't want in their lives. Those are the people that they don't like. So when a woman tells you these things, she's actually telling you firsthand that she's not into you and not interested in you. When she starts giving you the rant about her standards, the guy that's not going to hear that is going to be the guy that's going to be willing, that she's going to be willing to let come into her life. Probably potentially fuck it up. But in any case, he's going to be able to come into her life and have more influence on how things go. Now, as men, a lot of times, we know some of these women are making poor choices by the caliber of guy that they've chosen, but you have to remember one thing, you have to hold them accountable too. And what does that mean? Well, if she fucked a dude that you know good and well ain't about shit, and probably has something that's in a negative sense, you know not to mess with her. She's blackballed. You don't tell her that she finds out until she realizes that her popularity is only with that person that she was with. Ladies, another thing to keep in mind. Be mindful when a man tells you something to the effect of you're the only one for me. Your mind. You want some uh, clarification on that because you want to differentiate whether he's talking about he's desperate enough to pull you off from the rest of the world or is it euphemistically where he's just saying that in order to let you know that he cares and wants to protect you and be with you please get some clarification on that because some of you ladies think that it's reassurance and that he is there to protect you. Honey, he's more than likely trying to isolate your ass so that first of all, he can brainwash you. And once he gets you to the point where you get to having a Stockholm Syndrome and then you're in a self-policing mode, he's got you where he wants you. That means he doesn't have to tell you what to do in order for you to comport yourself to his wishes. at that point as he sees it he's got you where he wants you I have seen people in my dating life that have gone out and got manipulated by people in such a way that they were doing things that was absurd 
some of the very things that they were turned down and turning down other people for doing. There was a lady in particular. I'll never forget it. She uh, didn't like guys that like bisexual women. That was a big thing for her. She hated that. A man's only supposed to be with a woman, a woman's only supposed to be with a man. Until she got with this guy. Before you knew it, she was kissing this woman in the clubs, walking hand to hand with her and everything else. And one thing that I realized, some of those tendencies were already there and she was trying to fight them. But apparently, she got some positive reassurance from one of the guys that she had dated. known for her and then she became one of these women that would go to the clubs and kiss another girl fondle her and all the guys would buy drinks and the bar managers were loving it because the guys would buy more drinks and they would hang around longer that was all to the good and oh when you had ladies night there were women trying to outdo each other But see, it's all about attention. Now, here's the other thing too. That I want you to think about. Second date, what are they doing? They're walking across a bridge. Now, what does this tell you? This tells you that apparently the woman, believe it or not, is not poor. Not saying she's wealthy, but she's not poor. The reason why is that, think about it for a moment. Now she's Caucasian. She more than likely has a decent life financially. Now, what would a poor woman want? last thing she'd want is a walk anywhere. She'd want you to spend money on her. She'd want you, in essence, to put her in a certain lifestyle category. Now, this is the reason why I say this wouldn't be a bad woman to date, this type of woman here. The only problem is she may not be hip to what's going on out there in the world in real time. And so she's a little slow on picking up on things. There's no way in the hell she should have given him a second chance to talk to that woman. She should have picked up on that and said, you know what? You got business to handle. I have to go. And fellas, let me tell you something about the good morning text also. That short-term, corny as fuck and it it's something you're not going to consistently do let's face it ladies you know that 90% of the shit that men do for you that are so thoughtful and everything is only done until they fuck you once they've done that some of the things start to taper off they'll keep a few things going but all of the love bombing a lot of that shit goes by the wayside Yeah.
can blow smoke up your ass and say, oh, you know, it's so wonderful that they give you the good morning text that is so refreshing and you have to keep the love alive. You guys have to keep thriving and, and, and doing things so that you guys will be intertwined in your love for each other, your knowledge and growth. Give me a fucking break. What it comes down to is the reality. Yeah, it may work on that side of the fence, but more often than not, the reality is we love our patterns of behavior. That's our norm. We look at some of the ways that we comport ourselves to get through different things. We only do that on a temporary basis. We don't change ourselves up. We just comport ourselves on a temporary basis until we get to a point where we say, you know what? I'm done enough. Now let me go this way with you. That's what we do, folks. That's what we do. Now, Here's the thing. When it comes down to you ladies choosing this man, the man that you want, the man of your dreams, the man you would love to be. Remember a few things here. Remember that you have also have to understand a valid reason why you are attracted to this person besides that dopamine that kicks in. I know it's kind of difficult to put your finger on it. One thing that I've always been known for about my dating life, I've always dated more eclectic women and not these um, top-down type. But these women who had a broader perspective on things, I'd say they're better than anybody else. Creative, conceptual, to function or for the dialogue to begin or for the chemistry to be there it's organic that's when you know it's right but see there's a couple of things that you gotta face also it's when we get in our own way we try to make something happen that maybe shouldn't happen that maybe is not so organic And this is what I think this lady was doing with this on the second date. 
she had the control. She was being nice, but she didn't have to do what she did by no stretch. And here's another thing. She may not realize how marketable she is. She may not realize that. Now, changing the subject a bit. Another thing you have to realize, too. There are some people that actually find their value in who or what they are. There's a gentleman that wrote me recently. He's African American. And there was a lady who's Caucasian that was attracted to him online. And now what she's done is she's leveraged her race against him choosing anyone else. By telling him something to the effect of, well, after all, there's not too many of us that want too many of you. Now, she's brazen like that because she's done it before and it was successful. This is the reason why some people will do this. And he wrote me wanting to know what should he do? He's 22 years old. She's 23. He sent me a picture of this woman and him together on their date. And I told him, thing that she has at her benefit. Her hair is the only thing that looks like it's irreplaceable. I said, let's look at her. Everything else? She's an average looking woman. So what she's trying to do, she's trying to leverage the lighter complexion being leveraged over him the social contract that society has that they don't talk about of course but here's the problem it doesn't come close this woman is not that attractive and let's talk about the one that was in the excerpt let's talk about the one that's here on this photo and this email But see, here's the problem with him. This young man thinks that a light-skinned woman is attractive just because she has light skin, and that's not the case. And unfortunately, a lot of minorities do this shit where they equate light skin with beauty. Because why? Let's look at what just happened recently. 160 million dollars worth of what? Barbie. Now, when we think about it, the lady who came up with the concept of Barbie, as far as developing Barbie for Mattel, she had a daughter, I believe, named Barb, Barbara, and her son was named 
Now, the interesting thing is this. She was more concerned about probably developing the character of the toy. But a lot of the men in the marketing firms were concerned about the marketability of a Barbie. And of course, he appealed to the majority of women, girls at that time, white females. And what did that mean? A lot of women wanted to be like Barbie, even though they weren't like Barbie, even though they had darker skin. And so what did they start doing with Barbie? Canning her. They started making her seem like the Southern California girl. And of course, later on, other groups complained and they then started becoming a little bit more sensitive and then Barbie could be more or less an ambiguous um, character. It's like James Bond, you know? 007. 007 was not designated to a white man. 007 was a job posting for anyone that took on that task. It's a designation. Too bad 008 used to always get fucked up. You never heard, you never saw 008. You always heard about 008 getting fucked up. Now, here's the thing. In a roundabout way, unfortunately, over the years, caricatures like Barbie has had an impact on the way women perceive themselves. Even white women didn't perceive themselves as being worthy or good enough when it came to Barbie. She could have blonde hair and blue eyes. She could have the tan and still feel as though she was inferior because she didn't have Barbie's measure. So what did they have to do? They had to humanize Barbie because Barbie was being too objectified. So they made Barbie of different races, start doing. I'm sure they're going to eventually come up with a pregnant Barbie. They're going to come up with a middle-aged Barbie. They're going to come up with an older Barbie. What's going to eventually happen? Because again, the more sensitive you are, the easier it is to manipulate. So Mattel, get ready to be manipulated even more. They might even have Ken aging. Probably have him with ED. So, these are things that you will probably encounter at some point. So, young man, I would say to you, sit her down and tell her she's not special. Get over herself. And if she's having problems with her low self-esteem, maybe the two of you can go to counseling and you can work on it together. Where she's not treating you like you're some subservient partner that's supposed to follow behind her. And where you guys can walk together as a couple. So 
that helps. All right, let's see what else we have here. Sasha writes the following out of Columbus, Ohio. I've listened to your podcast. You're very interesting, gentlemen. I'd love to meet you one day. I don't know if you're into middle-aged white women in their mid-40s. My kids are grown and gone, and I'm looking for a new start in life. And yes, I've considered moving to Las Vegas. I have a sister there, and I've hooked her to the podcast, so hopefully you and you can contact each other, and maybe when I come out, we could all get together and have a beer or more. Just wanted to let you know that I love your show. Thank you, dear. I appreciate you. Very sweet. Very lovely. Alright, this one here is dated. Damn, this is way back. It's dated March 3rd, 2021. I do apologize for being so late. It's been two years late. Oh my goodness. Jelson, I listened to an episode of your show frustrated with you because I don't believe what you said is correct. Yes, there are some men out there that are only into a woman for her physical appearance. However, I'm a very smart woman and I have no problem expressing to men how intellectual I am and it seems as though they're attracted to my mind instead of my body. I've attached a photo Please, you may want to rethink the way you think. My opinion only, Joanne, Denver, Colorado. Mm. Mm. Joanne, if you're listening, I wrote you back. I do apologize and I apologize to you for this email being so late getting back to you. Joanne, I wouldn't fuck you with a chicken's dick, even if I had to borrow a dildo to do it. I just gotta be honest with you. I don't... We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music. Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show.
Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.